Welcome, everybody, to the Spawn of Me podcast. I'm your host, Khalif Adams. What up, what up, what up? It is the holiday time. I am rocking, rocking this show without my man, my mellow, the smooth kind of fellow, the man, the myth, the legend, the the, the baron of bourbon and the Bruce Wayne of Ricago, Cicero Holmes, and also that man that makes science look good, tutoring look good, and flying over a whole bunch of the Midwest look good. It is Sharif Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> both of them are hanging out and they are on vacation they're doing their thing spreading holiday cheer i hope that they are spreading uh giving uh gifts to all the young people out in Chicago, making sure that they're good not putting lumps of coal in their stockings even though it is now past christmas we're in that weird limbo space where it's between christmas and new year's um but yeah it's it's uh, i miss them and i love them because it's been this weird tag team thing of being like all right cos not on the show but they're on the show and then they're doing the show and cos not on the show so at some point in 2019, we'll all do a show together again uh, and figure out how that actually works. But I am not alone on this episode. I'm getting to rock and I'm super excited about, about the guests that we have this week, especially because I knew him when before his stardom and his, and his, uh, his ascent <laughs> to, to, the, to the mystical places on Kotaku Mountain, I was rocking with this cat. When he was doing his podcast right out the gate, and he's still doing that podcast, it's fantastic. Podcast. We'll talk about in one minute. My man, my mellow Paul Tamayo, how you doing, sir? I am great. I'm even better now that I'm here here on the show for the first time. I'm a huge, huge fan. Uh, like you mentioned at the top of the show, too, you, you've been a huge supporter of our show for for eons at this point. Before I kind of got my you know my my humble start at uh, Kotaku, where I have my full time gig now. But uh, yeah, man, it is a pleasure and an absolute honor to be here. Uh, on the show and I'm, I'm a little bummed like you know Sharif and, and everyone else not on on the show right now but maybe you know this will be the first of many I'll come back and, and and we'll have a big party maybe we'll have an optional spawn on me cross collaboration ultimate event where we all get on the same episode <laughs> of something at some point oh no that's definitely going to happen that's that's one of the things that's on my bucket list of 2019 to make sure that we get done because it has to happen uh, but first of all I have to say the optional podcast is again one of the dopest ones on the planet the work that you and Cam have been doing uh, over the past couple of years, <clears throat> it's been fantastic to see you all grow. It's been super dope to hear the conversations you've all been having. And and I have to say, like, uh, I, I talk about very few other shows where I'm, I'm like, these cats are doing something that that I wish that I was be, was able to do. And it feels like your show has been one of those things that when I think about audio quality and I think about great conversations and I think about uh, just a fun environment that I want to be in. The optional is that place that I go to, 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 to get that. And I want to thank you for, for putting that out in the world and, and making such dope content out there. So thank you for that. Thank you, uh, man. That that means a lot to us. I, I know that also will mean a lot to my co-host cam. Uh, Cause we, you know, like when we first started the show a few years ago at this point, um, I was, I, I wasn't that in touch with like the larger community of, of, you know, podcasters of color and, and gamers of color and, and, you know, streamers of color. And uh, we were kind of frustrated. So we, we decided to just start our own thing. And, and, you know, we were doing it anyway. So we figured we might as well want to do it. And we bought it to podcasts for like years. And that's how, yeah. uh, thankfully, getting into the scene, we, we were able to find you guys. And, and you guys have been a huge inspiration and also a huge push. You guys have been, you know, uh, signal boosting our stuff for, for a couple of years now at this point. And uh, again, man, we just want to thank you guys. And like you guys have sort of paved the way. We look at y- we look at y'all like our big brothers. So uh, trust me, that means that means a lot to us. And I, I know Cam uh, probably shares the same sentiment. So appreciate it, man. Please don't make me snot bubble cry before. I know, man. It's, go- it's beautiful, man. 
<laughs> man, listen, man. I don't know, man. We, that time we were numb and we were fighting all them people, man. Oh my rough. god! But we, but we came back. Yeah, we came man. back together, man. I don't understand. <laughs> um, I want to give give the folks at home a little bit of 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 why you kind of touched upon it right there. But I, I want to hear like the origin story of the option. I want to hear one about that, and then also once that's once you finish with that, I want to know why you got into the gaming space and why you got into the business. Yeah, sure, sure. So, um, yeah, like I said, a few years ago, I, I'd kind of been bouncing around. I went to film school originally, and I was working primarily within like the fashion world. But like my main, uh, my main source of, uh, I guess, my main passion, the thing I really wanted to get into was games journalism or games media. I'm not really a journalist by by trade. Uh, I just kind of I know how to tell stories visually, and I know how to edit them together and package them really nicely. I've been doing it for a few years, uh, freelance, and then I was also, you know, kind of eventually jumping in-house from place to place, working on stuff, um, you know, just to kind of pay the bills. But um, yeah, eventually, uh, a few years ago, uh, me and two of my really good friends, uh, Cam Brewster, who's my co-host now, and uh, one of my former co-hosts, but still really good friend of mine, Roman France, uh, we start. We we kind of got together. We we've been kicking the ball uh, the ball around about making a, a show and, and a platform for for people of color because I was I was looking at you know all the things that I was consuming at the time and and I still consume that I still love and I, I was looking at like I kind of zoomed out and realized that like wow there's there aren't a lot of like black and brown people on these platforms who who sound like me who have who have our same backgrounds you know we're all three of us are. Uh, born and raised in New York, uh, specifically in New York City. You know, I spent a, a large chunk of my life also in Long Island. Shout out to Brentwood. Um, and uh, <laughs> so, yeah, so we were kind of like kicking the ball around. We, we, we had a blog. We, we uh, experimented with that for a bit. But then at, at one point I was like, man, let's just make a podcast because I was so sick of um, hearing, uh, not not sick, but I was sort of like, a little a little frustrated that uh, you know our perspectives weren't getting out there. And sometimes uh, things that were within uh, our, our like sort of cultural spheres were being like played around with almost like um, irresponsibly in some ways. So I figured, why don't we just kind of take the ownership and and put our own voices out there and be a face and be a voice and be a voice for people out there who maybe feel the same way. And and we were right. We kind of took a gamble. We rolled the dice. I know you guys can probably attest to like just sort of putting that that content out there. And it's it's nothing like revolutionary. You know, it's not it's not meant to be like wow, look at this, you know, unique and unbelievable perspective that we've never heard of before. But it's meant to just be like, we're just trying to basically normalize it. We're trying to make it seem like it's not a really a big deal. Like, that's why a lot of our branding, a lot of our stuff is just sort of like, you don't even really notice it. And, and, and uh, so, you know, if, if you listen to our show, you'll get a lot of a mixture of, you know, hip hop references, a lot of stupid regional New York references, which I know you enjoy. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we talk about, we talk about, you know, the subway, we talk about chopped cheese sandwiches, we talk about our favorite New York rappers. But we also, you know, we also have really, uh, I, I would like to think well rounded and really educated opinions on on games and game design and, you know, storytelling, because we also are huge fans of other forms of culture, which is another thing we want to communicate is like, as much as we love games, I think it's important to also kind of be culturally aware of, of other, you know, other facets of, of life, whether it's, you know, cuisine, music, film, literature, design, whatever it may be, whatever your bag is, like, it's all welcome at this table. And, and we're super, like, happy to have whoever um, come on the show and, and be a part of our, our conversation. But, and, but I guess to answer your second question, too, like, I mean, I've, I've been... I've been playing games my entire life and I, I grew up reading a lot of different game magazines and watching a lot of like different 
uh, media as it sort of started to slowly make its way online. And thankfully, I, I kind of was at the right place at the right time when I got out of film school around like 2013, where things that already started to, to, to take the form of like video as, it, as we now know it online. And I was also like kind of transitioning out of um, my love for filmmaking. I still I still appreciate film, but I didn't want to do that personally as a career. So I, I decided, you know, let me dabble in some um, photography vid and videography for a bit on my own and just sort of like dabble in different things until I figured out what I wanted to do. And it wasn't until um, maybe like a year or two ago where I had to really sort of reassess where I was in my life and and kind of take stock. We, we kind of mentioned it right before we started recording, but like sometimes life and, and you know, careers and stuff can sort of push you in a way that you weren't really intending on going uh, in the first place. And mm -hmm. uh, for me, it really like, it, it, I really had this, you know, I could have continued down certain paths and I could have been a, you know, a creative director at a brand somewhere. I could have been a, a you know, a senior producer for a creative team at, at a really nice brand but it wasn't what I it wasn't making me happy and it wasn't fulfilling in a lot of ways and what I really wanted to do was talk about games and, and I wanted to be involved in that culture because I think you know I think gaming is so incredible I, I mean I, I talk about it all the time on Kotaku about how I think games are like magic I think they're it's really unbelievable <laughs> how like these things come together and they really just amount to ones and zeros so I'm like super passionate about games and and I really do think that they're they're the like the most incredible medium out there I, I really do believe that so I was super passionate about it and and because of the show I'd been trying for years to get into the, to the games media space, but uh, it's it's really tough. It's really tough to get in there, <laughs> and uh, you know I've, I've been rejected a bunch of times, but you know that didn't stop me from making my own show and and you know making the making the blog. And eventually, uh, I guess to make a long story even longer, I uh, I took a shot one 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 more shot. Uh, I was actually even contemplating changing careers, but then uh, thankfully the fine people over at Kotaku gave me gave me a chance to become a video producer there, and I've been there for. Uh, about like a year and change now, like a year and a couple months. So it's been, it's it's literally been a dream come true, man. It's like what I've always wanted to do. And uh, and it's also introduced me to a bunch of people, like, you know, like you, including you and, and the crew over at Spot On Me. So um, yeah, man, it's uh, it's it's something that I've always wanted to do. And, and now that I'm doing it, it's like, I can't imagine doing anything else. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, and the beauty of it is like, there, there are people in the industry that when you meet them or you get to kind of um, get a, a a gauge on the stuff that they're doing you're like i really hope that they get into a spot and then they stick you know what i mean right and and, and you're one of those people when i remember just being able to hear the show for the first couple of times and i was like oh man this was like my this is like my my going home podcast this is oh, like right. being able to to kind of listen and feel like you are the gaming version of bodega boys in some in some weird ways like that that, that connection back to home back to the to new york and the tri-state area was very much within within the podcast and now seeing you flourish and doing so well over at kotaku like you're putting out fantastic work and you're also getting to like rub elbows with super dope people too so it's like yeah. <laughs> what's, what's that been like I, well first of all i'm super jealous that you know <laughs> with uh uh my boy uh mizuguchi oh my god uh, we, and, and, oh my god so first of all i'm i'm super jealous that you got to hang out with mizuguchi second of all i'm really really jealous of donald which yeah i as a as a huge fan of like the eight four podcast that was like a huge part of my life mm -hmm. growing up within that tri like that triangle of one up and then like yeah, four and then like weekend confirmed and stuff like that yep. 
like how has it been to kind of meet and, and be in the same circles as a lot of the folks that you have looked up to and, and, and wanted to emulate or at least have followed their careers? Oh, man, that is a fantastic question. So it, it I mentioned it a second ago, but it, it really is a dream come true. Like you, you mentioned uh, Mizuguchi and, and Mark McDonald. When I, when I got a chance to I got an email from uh, the because I, I first of all, I mean, serendipity doesn't even come close to sort of like describing the the weird alignment of stars that happened <laughs> when, when that came across my lap. So um, I have been like, just to give you a quick little rundown, I've been playing Tetris my entire life. Since the, my earliest memories of video games are me with my NES controller in my hand as a child, like maybe five years old, maybe less, maybe earlier, um, playing Tetris, playing the, the NES Tetris on a tube TV, and then playing it on Game Boy, playing it on DS, playing it on everything I could, on my phone, anything I get my hands on. And, uh, and then literally within my first year of working in games media, already working with some of these people that I like admired for years, like for, for large chunks of my life, um, I get, you know, I get invited to go check out the preview event. And at a preview event, I meet some people at, from the Enhanced team. And then, uh, you know, they were nice enough to email me and say, hey, do, do you mind? Uh, would, would you would you like to interview Mizuguchi and Mark McDonald? And I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> so first of all, <laughs> I, love, I love Tetsuya Mizuguchi. I've, I've played pretty much every game that that him and his studio have, have come out with. I love Res. I love Luminous. Luminous is one of my favorite games of all time. Um, and and Mark McDonald, I was like, that's that Mark McDonald's like the OG, like from the one up days. I used to listen to him every week on those on those one up podcasts, like one up yours and watch him on the one up show. And like you mentioned before, like all the other podcasts and stuff that, that he's been on. So actually, after we we wrap the interview, I don't like to lead with the kind of stuff. I don't, I don't like to sort of lead with, you know, being too much of like a fanboy or whatever. So at yeah. the end of the interview, after we kind of established that this was like, you know, a sort of professional setting or whatever, I, I told him straight up. I had like a little heart to heart moment where I was like, hey, Mark, like, I got to be honest with you. I'm, I'm a huge fan. Um, I used to listen to you religiously like every week and I used to watch you on the show every week and and you know part of you had a large impact on me in, into getting into games media because at, at, at the time nobody was doing what um, the one up show was doing that had that had a huge impact mm -hmm. on my life like just the slick presentation and, and the way it was edited like shout out to the team that 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 made all that stuff together like all, all those one up people. But but specifically with Mark, I told him like, yo, man, I'm I'm a huge fan, and 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 you know you had a huge impact on on where my career headed. And he was like, oh, he he had no idea. And and beyond that, like with Mizuguchi, it was like, you I mean you can only say so much to Mizuguchi. Like he shook my hand and, and he actually thanked me. And I was like, are you kidding me, man? Like, thank you for everything you've done for for Earth, you know, for planet Earth. But um, but yeah, like it, it's been a wild journey, man. Because like I, I've I mean I've known who our boss Stephen Totillo is yeah. for like for years for like ever since i can remember I've, I've known who that who that man is and um i know uh i knew who kirk hamilton was i knew who um mm -hmm. you know i knew who jason schreier gita jackson heather alexandra like all these people who are, are, are like my colleagues now i used to read them listen to them all the time i remember like uh when i uh applied for the position at kotaku i remember hearing steven sotillo talk to Kirk Hamilton, I believe, on uh, split screen on, on their weekly show, which I listen to all the time. And they were like, yeah, we're currently looking for for video producers. And I was like, oh, my God. I remember looking at my girlfriend being like, oh, my God, I think they're talking about me. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm one of those people they're looking at. Uh, so, yeah, man, it's been it's been a wild ride. I, I I still feel like a rookie. I think in a lot of ways I still am because I've never worked in in media, let alone like let alone like journalism. And stuff. I, I don't really like to like 
consider myself a journalist like just just yet. I'm a video producer. Uh, I work closely with journalists, but I, I, I sort of I just like I guess I'm a I just like I guess the video producer title sums it up pretty well. I just produce videos, but I also occasionally tell stories. I stream. I do a bit of everything. But um, Gita uh, Gita Jackson, one of the amazing writers at, over at Kotaku, told me recently was like, "Yeah, you know, it usually takes about like a couple of years before you get used to it." And I'm still like a year and change in, <laughs> and I still yeah. feel like the rookie. I I, I told I told everyone when I first started, I feel like um like Spider Man, and I'm at Avengers Tower every day, and I'm like walking around with like tony stark and you know thor <laughs> just like <laughs> you know, or, uh, i'm just like such a such a rookie but um yeah man it's been it's been a dream come true and uh i don't know man i, I wouldn't trade it for anything and I, now that i sort of have my foot in the door i'm uh, i'm glad that i hopefully I, I can sort of prove myself and, and prove to people out there that i can stay because I've, I've been getting a lot of like you know small feedback here and there i'm not like as established as like my my genius of a colleague tim rogers is uh just yet but you know hopefully shout after out shout out to tim tim <laughs> tim is a is a mastermind he also um, i have the, the privilege of sitting across from him every day at work and uh, i i can't tell you how how much of a delight it is to just walk into the office every morning and just interface with him sometimes it's just like sometimes just asking him a simple question can sort of change the course of your life so it's it's amazing to get to work with these kind of people yeah agree like they're they're like that whole roster of folks who you who you get to work with they're all fantastic i do i do have a very big soft spot soft spot for for tim because <laughs> like tim tim is just like one of the smartest cats on the planet it's unbelievable and, and it's and it's and it's cool because he gets to hide it's it's not interesting he, he's not hiding behind his kind of quirky personality because that is just him yeah that's him which is the reason why i love him so much is because it is him yeah yeah but but it's one of those things that sometimes you get that flavor of it and because it's super smart and super snarky and and, and quick-witted and i think a lot of people kind of take that as uh, as being like this kind of outward persona thing right but right. the beauty of of tim is like one that is exactly who he is and two he's just fucking whip smart like he's just yeah. super just on it all the time and see stuff that other people can't see yeah um what, what i'm noticing about that and it's interesting to hear you talk about yourself in kind of these rookie terms right it's like uh, we all kind of figured out where we are landing in the industry and it's been really nice to see again like in the interviews that you st that you've been doing of late and 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 the video pieces that you've been putting together i feel like you're losing that rookie moniker as quickly <laughs> as anyone can possibly do wow thank um, you and it's been and it's been super dope to see that stuff come to fruition i'm i'm really interested to to kind of poke at some of the stuff that you do on the video side because i think that that is a thing that i personally have always been really interested in and and it's the thing that i'm finding the most difficult to um kind of wrap my brain around in both like uh in in theoretical terms and also kind of like you know boots on the ground versions of it of like when you're first kind of concepting a thing out to getting that thing that's in your brain to kind of move towards where it finally becomes real yeah like i'm always interested to hear people who are doing that kind of work what's the thought process so what's the kind of work process that you go through when you're concepting out a piece of content that you want to go out for both, you know, optional stuff and for Kotaku stuff. Um, so usually it, it sort of boils down to like different buckets. So, I mean, if there's a, if there's a new game coming out, uh, we, we tend to look at them as like beats. So, you know, if like, 
uh, I'm super interested in in Tetris, for example. I'm like, oh, I'm definitely on that beat. <laughs> I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm just I'm gonna claim that one. I, I'm I'm throwing my hat in the in the ring for that one, or my name in the hat for that one rather. And uh, I'm like, yeah, I mean, I'm very familiar with this with the franchise. I I know how to play Tetris really well, so I want to cover this game. Um, and then you know I'll have to basically come up with a list of uh, ideas that I want to do for the game, and this is prior to even like getting a code for the game or even or playing the game. So it, you know sometimes it just it boils down to like, all right, what what do we want to do? Do we want to do some sort of like breakout video piece? Do we want to do a larger review type thing? Do I want to do uh, want to do weekly streams or you know it's it's hard to tell, but you, you can at least prepare before a game comes out. And uh, so then once a game comes out. Uh, you obviously got to spend some time with it, get a feel for it. And then once you have like maybe like a day's worth of, of, of time spent with the game, you can, I can come back the next day and I meet with my senior producer, uh, Chris Person, who's also amazing and, and the voice of uh, Highlight Reel, which which is like our, our biggest show. I think one of the biggest shows, if not the biggest show um, for our site. So he's like he's you know, he's also a genius. He really helps helps me um, and, and you know, gives me feedback and helps mold stuff. And then also, I, you know, sometimes I'll meet with Steven as well, Steven Totello, our editor-in-chief. And um, so that so they'll help me sort of like, uh, basically, I'll just, I'll just pitch ideas and then the strongest ones will stick. Um, other times it's like, hey, uh, Red Dead's coming out. Uh, Tim and Paul, you're on Red Dead, and it, it's not like it's like forced upon us. It's like, no, I want, I want to play Red Dead. Like, please, <laughs> please give me Red Dead. Uh, so you know, we get, we get, hopefully, uh, we get, we get a code for these, you know, AAA titles that we're really looking forward to. And sort of same process um, applies. Tim's Tim's process is very different. Um, if you're familiar with Tim's work, he does really like long form essay type deals where he really deep dives into into games, and they're brilliant brilliant videos where because he has a background and in, in, he he is a game designer and he's and he's been working within the industry for you know however many years so his perspective is super valuable from like a technical level and also from just like a you know just an, an analysis perspective and mine is just basically it's kind of it's kind of a it's it's a little bit of everything but it's but they're mostly like shorter videos more concise videos so for example like with red dead or or spider-man for example i was like i want to talk about what makes this game really really cool and i'm going to make a really like simple five minute video about like five things i love about spider uh, about the game right and then another video will be like a breakout video of like oh hey look at these really cool windows that, that happened in spider-man and then the third video will be like okay now i have to pre-produce a stream with like a, a fellow uh um, kotaku full-timer to you know like okay on wednesday we're going to do this thing so it, it kind of it kind of depends, and then there's also on the side we have um, on top of like the streams and the and the the produced videos with like VO scripts and stuff. I have my mm -hmm. own projects that I that I, that I've been working on, like like viewpoints, for example, which is basically like super inspired by the One Up Show and, and shows like it, um, where I just sit down with a Kotaku staffer and we just talk about a specific topic, whether it's like you know, games finally need to own their politics or. You know, mm. uh, is it time to finally upgrade your console or uh, whatever, whatever is kind of hot at the, at the moment. And I want to talk about it and have like a really deep discussion about it. Um, so that requires a bit more pre-production and then, and then actually, you know, and by pre-production, I mean like getting everybody's schedules in order, securing a time, a location. We have some wonderful creative producers over at uh, Gizmodo Media Group where I can sort of um, work and collaborate with together. So for like that Mizuguchi, Mark McDonald Tetris Effect interview, I worked mm -hmm. with two really, really talented creative producers over at GMG, and they helped me, uh, you know, set up the the studio, helped me, you know, do all the technical technical things, so I could worry about, you know, formulating my list of questions and, you know, making sure that 
uh, I could capture the video on my end. So it, we have a really great team in place. And and but surprisingly enough, I don't think most people realize how um, how uh, what's the word I'm looking for. It's not like we have this huge, massive team behind us. Like you, you, you visited the offices. You saw how like our, how tiny our little corner was for video. Yeah. Um, so we're super scrappy, but we're but we're so passionate about this stuff that we're like, you know, we're down to stay late. We're down to do whatever needs to be done to to make. The, and sometimes you know th- those videos aren't home runs. Like that 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 Tetris Effect interview. It, you know, it didn't it break the internet by any means. But I'm so proud of it that like that's the mm. kind of that's the kind of work that I'm always trying to. Um, produce and and same goes for the optional podcast right where it's like um, I'm super happy to uh, produce that every week because I know that we have the best intentions and me and Cam are super passionate about the show because like that's a thing that uh, we've worked at for years and and we're still and we and every once in a while we'll get a tweet that's like yo I love the show um, you know, I, I moved to Florida from New York or I, I you know, I, I'm not even from New York, but I feel like I, I live there when I listen to you guys. And that like that means the world to us, because I always say and I always say to people who are trying to start creative endeavors is like, don't worry about making things perfect. You have to just like create stuff and just put it out there and you'll realize over time that you'll get better and better and better. And that's why when you say like, you know, the rookie moniker may, may have to sort of eventually go away because I've been, you know, producing great work. That means so much to me because like, I always look back, I always take stock where, again, we talked about this right before we started recording, but sometimes you have to have those reflective moments where you you, you sit down and you listen to a project you did like a year ago or maybe even three mm-hmm. months ago. And you go, "Ugh, man, that was rough. That, <laughs> that was actually pretty bad. I don't know what the hell I was thinking. Uh, and that happens to me all the time where I go back and look at a project I did like a year ago and I'm like, oh, man, my VO was so terrible and robotic. I don't know how Kotaku didn't just fire me immediately. But, you know, things take time. Things take time to for you to feel more comfortable putting yourself out there. Because before I was making stuff for other people and, you know, I wasn't I wasn't uh, sort of present in those videos and in those things like, I, you know, anybody could have made it essentially. And, and I was so um hell bent on being the guy behind the camera like film school taught me to be like mm, the director yeah. and like be the guy who like never shows up and never talks but then the more i realized yeah. it the more i realized that like my voice is just as valuable your voice is just as valuable people listening to this podcast's voice are just as valuable so you have to sort of get over this fear and this hump of like i you're not worthy like the rookie thing also is a little bit of a reflection of that imposter syndrome especially as people of color when we go into these places where you feel like, oh my God, you're so lucky to be here. Like, you know, like you, you, you won the lottery, whatever. And it's like, sometimes you have to like, you, you need a little bit of that gusto to be like, no, you know what? I, I earned this spot. Like I, mm-hmm. I, I have the right to be here because I worked hard at it. And, you know, you, you'll get internet commenters who, who will tell you otherwise, but you can't let that kind of stuff, uh, keep you back and keep you from pushing forward and 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 making stuff that ultimately at the end of the day at the end of the day you're super proud of and that's what i try to do every day and like uh you know hopefully that that comes across but if not like you know that's that's uh those are notes for next time to to try even harder you know yeah yeah i mean that's that's definitely words of wisdom right there i mean it's it's um it's interesting to hear you talk about the like that Tetris effect video and you're like, well, it didn't necessarily blow up the internet, right? Has it, has it been something where now that you're, you're kind of, kind of, I'm trying to figure out the best, best way to, to phrase this, but it's like, you're, you're kind of captaining a couple of different ships, right? At the same time, right? You're captaining 
if that's an actual word, I think it might be. A yeah, word. we'll, we'll make know. it a word Some, now. Yeah, fuck we'll it. make it a word. It's like shoe dabble. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, captaining the uh, optional podcast in that one way, right? Where you're kind of doing a lot of the behind the scenes stuff, right? And then with Kotaku, you're helping to 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 produce and and help make these videos and and all this content come out. One of the things that I remember when we first met and first had a conversation, this was just like just through Twitter. And we were kind of talking about the podcasting game and we were talking about just, you know, how different and how difficult it is to know how and when you're doing well in a space. And it's it, I'd love to hear you kind of talk about what it looks like in both spaces now, because the metrics are the things that we are always trying to figure out what, you know, what are they going up or what's the trends of, you know, how the particular content that we've done or, or the show is, is, is working or a video that you produce is gone. How do you balance that out when you're dealing with a, a, a smaller show in the optional and then going to work and dealing with these different, way different by magnitudes, levels of kind of engagement and stuff like that? with Kotaku content, how do you balance those things out to kind of feel like, all right, so I'm doing well here and I'm also doing well in this other space uh, to, so that you can kind of both, you know, uh, cross collaborate within your own self, if that makes sense. No, that makes like, a lot of sense. You know what I mean? It's like, I'm, I'm doing these work in both these places. How am I benefiting in both and how are they both kind of meshing themselves together? I'd love to hear you talk about that. Yeah, yeah, of course. That's actually a, a fantastic question. So I feel like um, back when I was doing the podcast, as a, it still is a passion project. Like I, I can't front. I'm not making like a billion dollars on it a year. I wish I was. I mean, but but I'm not. It's very much a passion project and something that I like. I love and hold very near and dear to my heart because you know at, at a specific point in time when we started the show three years ago. I mean, three years ago, yeah. especially like in in this world and in this economy, we like, we like to joke all the time. <laughs> Uh, I feel like three years ago might as well be like, you know, a decade ago. So I feel like um, when I when I started the show, I was it was something that I desperately needed to do. It wasn't even like a want. Mm. It was like I needed this to happen because, you know, first of all, no one was going to hire me at that point, and they shouldn't have. They they should not have hired me at that point because I was so green and so I was. I mean, talk about rookie status. I was I was not even a rookie. I was like a you know I don't even know what I, I was trying out for like. I don't know some JV. You were like, you were like a rookie's Padawan. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was like the the ball boy. Uh, I was, you know, I wasn't even on the bench. I was like refilling the Gatorade. So, like, <laughs> so no one should have hired me at that point. So, I, but the thing was, is like I was so passionate about it, and and I wanted to do it so bad that I was like, you know what, I'm I'm gonna do it because uh, I feel like I got something to say, and and right now it's gonna be raw. It's gonna be raw, like you know, energy and and raw thoughts. They haven't really been formulated and ironed out over time but you know i might as well get it out there and and we you know we started the show with very little listenership and it was mostly our friends and family and that's kind of how these things go right anybody who's familiar with making music or anything creative that's how these things start right you need sort of a little nudge to start to get sort of get the ball rolling um so at that time i was it was super passion driven and it was it, it was a thing that i did on the side after I got home from work where I was working on at a job where I wasn't super passionate about this thing. Uh, sometimes those jobs were places where I was really miserable, but the pay was good. And, you know, at least I got to fund the show. Like I used that money to fund my passion project, which, you know, which I probably would have still been doing if I wasn't even at Kotaku. I would have still been, I mean, I would have still been working on the optional and hopefully trying to get it to a place where 
like like y'all are, are trying to you know um, get to a, a bigger platform and and mm-hmm. you know hopefully get more listeners and stuff like that. So I'm, I'm still trying to do that, but you know definitely not as with as much like um, desperation as I once was before because now I actually got mm-hmm. to a place where the things that I was trying to say originally at the optional and I, we were making like videos here and there uh, before we even started the show. I was doing like little tiny video essays because that's the kind of things that I love to watch on YouTube anyway. So I was like, let me take a shot at this stuff. Um, and I was doing that. And then, you know, eventually the show became a video show and, you know, our listenership started getting a little slowly started growing over time. And we were being introduced to, to folks in, even in the New York city area. And we got our first E3 press pass, like, you know, a couple years mm-hmm. back and we went to E3. It was a big deal. And then, um, and I think part of that desperation and that hunger i think it was more than anything it was this hunger to want to just like be able to to do this thing and and not even get paid for it but just to be like you know just like notice me you know like notice like what i have to say and and uh just believing in the stuff that i that what i believing the stuff that i say that it it will hopefully impact someone out there and, and some people out there that i know that who feel like me and maybe they feel like they're being underrepresented um so I remember when, when I was interviewing for the position at Kotaku, uh, I remember them asking, like, you know, why haven't you worked at a game publication before? And I straight up told them, like, I've been trying to, but it's it's really hard. Like, it's really hard to break into this kind of industry and this kind of um, this kind of space. And, uh, you know, if, if I don't get this gig, uh, I'm going to keep trying. Like, this isn't going to be like the, the it's not going to be the last you'll see of me, basically. Um, yeah. And uh, so once I got that sort of like that cosign, like once I was like, oh, because because I've had that cosign before, like not to be braggadocious, but like I've been I've I've worked my ass off and and um, mm-hmm. we can curse on this show, right? Of course you can. Oh, OK. Word. So <laughs> so I, I worked my <laughs> ass off and I and previously I'm, I'm like really happy to say I was I was a part of other organizations that, that are, I'm happy to 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 sort of show off on my resume, especially like that have helped me get other gigs at other places. But Kotaku was the first time that I was like, wow, like I, I actually made it like, uh, you know, the thing that I that started off as a little passion project, um, my own thing helped me get to this place because they they mm-hmm. they recognized that like I was they remember them asking me like, so who who records the show, who edits the show? And I was like, oh, I'm, it's just me. Like, it's just me. There's uh-huh. I, there's you know, there might be two, three of us. And, and I'm really grateful for their time. And, and they also sacrifice a lot by consistently coming to the show every week. But but for the most part, it's me staying up on Sundays into Mondays at 4 a.m. and then rolling out of bed and going to work to my day job and then coming back home and working on the podcast again for other stuff. Like that was like me, you know, like and I try to bring that same hunger to work every day because I know mm-hmm. I know that like, you know, a year and change ago, I would have killed for this position. And I, and like I pretty much almost killed myself for this position like trying to you know like you can ask my girlfriend like working on the pitch deck to to send stories that like i would because you know when when if you for a position like this usually you have to like sort of present ideas of like stuff that you would want to do and even for that like just to like sort of submit some materials i stayed up i didn't get any sleep i like stayed up the whole night um my girlfriend woke mm. up a couple times and saw me still working at my desk like this the glow of the screen illuminating the room like so I try to bring that hunger to work every day because I know that this is ultimately what I really 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 wanted and so and there are some times where like you know it can get rough and it can get uh tiresome and I'm like oh man like there's a triple a game like I went from this is such a like first world bullshit problem to complain about <laughs> 
<laughs> but I went from like <laughs> I went from uh, what was it like? I think it was Assassin's Creed, or it was I forget which one was first, but it was I think it was Spider Man. Then it was Assassin's Creed, and then it was Red Dead, like back to back to back, like playing those things like back to back, and that means like coming home, playing till super late, re- recording everything, taking notes. Like it's not just like I think that most people see those, these kind of positions, and even some of my our colleagues from other sister sites, like you know, they jokingly will be like, "Oh, you just get to play games all day. That's kind of cool, right?" And yeah, it's it's really cool, but also it's so much work. And I like on behalf of like me, Tim, and Chris, it's so much mm-hmm. work, uh, yep. like having to record everything that you do, every menu you go to, to uh, having a, a document open that like you know jots down time codes making sure that file names are correct so you don't you know mess something up and you can't find the footage amidst the like 20 hours of gameplay cap that you've gotten over the weekend so like there's so much there's so much of it and sometimes i'll complain or i'll I'll tell my girlfriend like oh i gotta do this thing you know on red dead's coming out or whatever and then she's like you wanted this <laughs> like she'll like yeah. she'll just kind of shake me and be like you wanted this like stop complaining and, and she's right you know like this is the thing that i've been working so hard for setting up every sunday and and pouring my blood sweat and tears into and uh now that i'm finally here that that's not lost it's never lost on me like i, I mm-hmm. so the, so to answer your question again a lot of these questions have been so long so, so long-winded uh, i apologize no it's perfect all right it's cool. perfect so i feel like uh i feel like you know having that balance of that hunger and that 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 drive drives me at work every day so when 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 someone says oh i need someone to you know i need someone to go jump on a stream with me today i'm like i'll do it like i'm like the first one like, i'll do it I, I, I would love to mm-hmm. uh even if i'm not qualified if it's like a game that i don't even care about not care about but i don't play i'm like i'll do it i'll do it i want to see it i'm i'm curious about this game or mm-hmm. if it's a it's, if it's another project like i'm happy to do you know whatever and then so i try to take that same um drive and then also like it's like a it's like a um it's a symbiotic relationship so i know that um hopefully i'll i'll get i'll reach people on a stream or a video and they'll say oh paul has a podcast that's cool and they'll come to my show and then on my show i'll be like oh yeah by the way i'm working on something real dope at kotaku this week make sure you tune in i'm really proud of it you know if you get a chance check it out and then they'll come back to the site so it'll be just like a thing that like a little revolving door that hopefully they enjoy they enjoy my work and i know it's like it's not for everybody sure i, I you're never going to be able to please everybody I, i'm sure, sure you probably know that but um you know you, 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 <laughs> I, I gave up <laughs> yeah, you, there's no way it's impossible you got to just like focus on the good and you got to focus on what works and keep making sure that that works and uh and you know whatever doesn't you you work on it and you try to get better but yeah it's definitely like they one wouldn't exist without the other but although like you know let's say tomorrow you know the s hits the f and i have to like mm-hmm. you know i'm i'm back job hunting again which is you know it, it's that's the kind of world we live in that that's that, that can happen to anybody um the optional podcast will never go away as, as long as, as hopefully for as long as i can keep it afloat i want to keep it afloat because it's a thing that yeah. is mine it's it's my baby and it's like the place where i get to go and talk shit and, and you know complain about the you know the train that broke down where i was stuck for 45 minutes but then i got to talk about like <laughs> How I played Mario, you know what I mean? <laughs> like that's that's where I got yeah, to play yeah. Mario. Um, so yeah, I mean it's it's de- it's definitely like a a, a circle, and um, th- like one wouldn't exist without the other. But it's, but like one half of that circle is is so near and dear to my heart that like I could never imagine 
not having it in my life. You know, like I'm always thinking about like, oh, this would be good on the show or like, oh man, I can't wait to have Khalif on the show or like, oh man, I can't wait to like upgrade the mixer or upgrade our mics, yeah. or, you know, whatever, whatever. So it's like, there's always something to to strive towards. There's always something to reach for, like, you know, hustle towards and being okay with things taking time is also a huge lesson that I've learned over these past five years at this point. Um, is that sometimes th things take time and you and you can't rush things. You just got to take it easy and, and keep your head down, hustle, do your job, but also takes time. Like, be patient. Yeah, yeah. you dropped some jewels on that because, I mean, it feels like, you know, the perspective isn't lost on you, right? It's like being yeah. able to, and I, and I, I get into that space. Like we, we're both on social media. We have to, we have to be on social media for some aspects of our, of our jobs and our, and our non jobs and in, in, in our shows and things like that. Yeah. But it's so nice to be able to hear, you know, folks like yourself just be like, yo, I chose this. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I chose, like I'm, I'm irked at the stuff that I have to do sometimes when it comes to this, but like, at some point I did decide that I wanted to choose this, this path and I'm, and I'm kicking ass at this path that I'm trying to, 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 to manage and work. So that's, that's great. I, I love hearing stuff like that. Cause that's the stuff that motivates me to, when I'm down to keep pushing. Right. Um, one of the questions I had for you actually is, is, is a Homer question because as, as a New Yorker and myself as a former New Yorker, I'm always going to be a always New Yorker. a New Yorker, man. Lose, yeah. You don't, you don't lose, lose that. It. <laughs> you don't lose it. Like I, I know, you. I, yeah, I know, I know where I can go find a cheap hot dog somewhere still. Like I, you know, yeah, facts, <laughs> facts. Um, the the interesting part, and this is this is something that I that I didn't really think about until very recently. Um, the New York gaming scene has grown exponentially since the time that I can remember me like thinking about what New York games meant. Like I oh, remember yeah. the space that was over in the Microsoft building that used to happen with. Um, uh with with playcrafting. Uh, with playcrafting and crew and that's where i first met sean alexander allen and, and a lot of the some seminal people who have helped helped our career my career in this space be that thing what's the gaming scene look like in new york because i feel like right now it's it's probably at the best place that it's ever been but i'm not there so i don't know what it looks like on the ground What's the conversation been around like what the gaming sphere looks like back back home in New York? Man, you know, uh, part of the beauty of like the the journey that I've had over the past few years, especially, has been seeing that that um, that scene grow. So, <clears throat> just like you, I, re I remember going to those playcrafting events years ago, like years ago for for the mm -hmm. blog. At, at this point, we weren't even a, a podcast yet, but I got to meet really dope people there that I'm still really good friends with or, or i mean i'm you know to a degree i'm not like you know we're, we're not like drinking buddies or whatever but but like i still yeah. like i still um have a lot of love for them so one of those folks uh dan butchko who who basically helps run the play crafting scene now um mm -hmm. and seeing their yearly event the play nyc event i remember going it's going to it each year and, and every year it, it somehow manages to get bigger and bigger and bigger and this last yeah. year was it was at the manhattan center and it was just like huge thing oh, where they wow. had like yeah it That's was at awesome it was dope man it was at uh they they had like just cause four there like showing their game off and and on like amidst the like hundreds and hundreds of like indie devs all local well mostly local some of them like flew in uh like that's really cool to see that sort of thing thrive and, and exist in the city also like 
speaking of Sean Alexander Allen and also Chris Algu and, and those folks who who run the yeah. uh, the G Doc Game Devs of Color, they do it every year in in Harlem. And Harlem, by the way, is is beautiful. They do it at the uh, the Schomburg Center, um, mm -hmm. specifically for for game developers and game makers too, like you know tabletop game makers and and VR developers and uh, whatever you can think of, like there, there, there are people there giving talks, you know, like there, there's like a, a hall. It's like a, it's a beautifully like put together event where, um, you get to see people just like you. And it, like, every time I go there, I get emotional because it's like, man, if, 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 if we could have had this when we were kids, like, oh my God, I, I would have been, I would have been doing something different now. I mean, maybe, maybe it might not have even been game related, but I would have been a different person, you know, like mm -hmm. being able to, I mean, like people will talk all the time about representation and all that stuff, but like, one of the, the things I love about GDoc especially is like their their main core. I, I talked to um some of the folks over there, like they're so they're so passionate about what they do, but they're also like they're kind of realistic about it at the same time. Their their main message is like, yeah, we want to get to a place where just like our show too, it's like it's not it's not anything special. It should it should just be normal that there are this many mm -hmm. black and brown and and you know lgbtq plus developers out there like that should just be normal it shouldn't be a thing that's like highlighted you know what i mean so yeah. I, I love that message but I, I think that like right now we're not there yet and and we we want to get there but like also here's a safe space for everybody to, to come together and like and just like big each other up and, and see see what games are out there like this was the first i went there last year the first time for the show and this year i came back like with gita and like i i got a, a camera operator and like i did something for the show i mean for for kotaku mm -hmm. rather so the first time i did it it was for the podcast and i came back a year later as like you know uh uh a colleague with a colleague from kotaku to cover it for one of the biggest sites in the world so i felt pretty pretty happy about that to be able to at least signal boost if i can but um yeah so that's one thing there's also like the nyu game center over in brooklyn that we went to uh, uh that there was a um a Smash Bros. Uh, slash beatboxing tournament that happened in Greenpoint in Brooklyn oh, like a couple months ago that me and my other colleague Cecilia D'Anastasio, who's an amazing senior reporter at Kotaku, she does she pumps out like some of the dopest work uh, and some of like the culturally like you know uh, impactful stuff that really like makes waves within the industry, not just like you know hype wise. It actually like makes changes. Um, she I went with her. <clears throat> excuse me and. We got to check out this tournament and it was like beatboxers from around the world and then there was also like some of the best smash players that are like local to the east coast oh um, yes mm -hmm. it was really cool it was actually like a, it was weird but it was also kind of dope i was like oh okay like you know i'm not going to be mad at it like this is great this is uh, this is amazing we need more stuff like this more positive more communities coming together and and you see it every now and then like you know there there's there's so many different things happening in the city that and it's just like it makes so much sense like there, there are there are so many companies here there are so many schools here that are teaching this stuff and I, I don't know I'm excited and every day every every month almost you hear about another little like indie scene growing from like you know it could be anywhere it could be like in the Bronx or it could be deep in Brooklyn or or you know maybe out in Queens and it's like oh cool like there are there are fighting communities out in Queens like way out in queens like that yeah. they, they they come together regularly and, and they and they it's it's awesome like wherever you live there's probably something going on that you can be a part of and if not it's always like two train rides away and you can get there in like 20 30 minutes that's the beauty of the city is that like there's so much to do and it sometimes it feels like a little overwhelming but like there are so many people here it it just makes so much sense that they'd be also making and playing these games so it's like the future, in my opinion, looks bright for the East Coast, especially in New York City. And like, 
you know, it's only a matter of time before we start seeing some major events start popping up here too. Like Indicate East, like I remember a couple years ago, I went to Indicate East. That's the first oh, time yeah. I saw Bound. And, I, and because of that, I got to do the podcast. I did the interview with the, the creators of Bound, this beautiful indie platformer on, on PS4. And yeah, there's it's like, because that's the Museum of the Moving, the, uh, excuse me, the Museum of the Moving Image is in Queens. Mm-hmm. It's an amazing yep. place. If you ever get a chance to go there, check it out. So yeah, there's there's a lot happening. It's just like, it's 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 great it's great god i remember cutting my teeth in in indicate east man like yeah. that was the first press event that i ever got a patch for oh word like yeah i was like mad scared i was <laughs> in in the words of of the old of the old new yorkers i was mad pet son <laughs> i was super pet yeah it's uh, a roll over to someone with a breath with a uh, press badge yeah and walk over and talk to them about stuff but i yeah indicate east is like you'll be surprised how many folks who are in the in the space now who are around our age or probably probably closer to your age at this point who who definitely cut their teeth at that one particular event mm-hmm. um one of the interesting things that, that you know talking about the new york scene and kind of the 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 flavor of new york that is now kind of kind of infusing itself within the development community that's there one of the one of the things I constantly think about is and, and th- stuff that you've talked about on your show and, and and have talked about on Kotaku is this kind of uh, mashing up of the cultural bits that we are familiar with. You know, we're we're children of the hip hop era, so we we we've known what this what what the art that our our people have created over the years has been and how it's influenced the world. D- d- are there parts of you know New York culture of 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 hip hop culture of you know, uh, th- things that you constantly are are, are part of and, and are ingesting. Is there something specific that you would love to see gaming kind of broach or touch upon or kind of infuse itself with from those segments of the culture uh, to, that, that you would like to see in, in the form of some kind of content or a game or something? like? That? That's a great question. Um, I also think, so yeah, to, to answer your question, there are so many aspects of hip hop that I think could make game cult games culture better i i talk all the time about like what happened to hip-hop games i remember growing up uh it was a big deal whenever there was like i remember there was a wu-tang playstation one game it was a fighting game oh yeah it was terrible but i remember we, we rented it from like blockbuster and we were like yo this sh- like this is so dope like you know i get to be method man oh my god um and you know like it felt I think, you know, then of course you had like the Def Jam Vendetta games, uh, both of them, which were, I, I think were phenomenal, like super like underrated and not talked about enough. Um, mm-hmm. Talk about like even like Mark Echoes getting up and and they, they were like, they were moments like Jet Set Radio Future, Jet Set Radio, whichever one you prefer. Um, there were a lot of games. I mean, Parappa the Rapper, I could go on and on and on and on. There's so many dope, dope games that have not only like been themed around hip hop, but like are... Yeah sort of like driven and designed around hip hop. So like Parappa the Rapper literally is like button press button prompts and presses that you have to do on beat to like replicate like very crudely the like you know rhythm and and rapping and and, and rapping on beat and stuff which is like it's a it's a skill, you know. I, I was super excited. Uh, I think it was I think it was this year. It might have been at the beginning of the year. A mm-hmm. game came out called Floor Kids which was like about oh, yeah. about b-boying and, and b-girling and it was like Oh, cool! It's a game that's out on on. It was I think on Switch at the time, and I think it eventually Switch, came to it came PC. Came on Switch first, I think. Yeah, yeah. So I played it on Switch, and I remember like thinking, "Oh, this is cool!" Because it's like it's it's b boying or b girling. It's breakdancing, 
and you get to uh and i have i mean so many of my friends are b-boys or, or b-girls or former b-boys and b-girls because they got a little mm. older you know they, they, they lost a step uh <laughs> So um, pop and lock has a very different meaning. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. Um, you can't do a windmill anymore without your your hip cracking or something. <laughs> so um, so I mean, I I grew up around that kind of culture, like you mentioned. Uh, you know, growing up in New York, it, it's impossible not to. So um, being able to play a game that was not only inspired by it, but by by that cult that by that aspect of the culture, but also has um, design elements pulled directly from the culture, where it, like it's not a game that you know it's call and response it's like no it's free form it's what it's what breakdancing is it's like you get to create a string of moves and you know impress the crowd whichever way you want so i i love that kind of stuff i'm I'm a sucker for that stuff but also like it's so ingrained in my dna that it's hard not to want more of that in the stuff that i consume that's why like a lot of my videos like my um two of my videos in particular my my spider-man uh thinking like spider-man and then i had my um six ama- or f- this is yeah six amazing details in red dead redemption 2 on kotaku uh shameless plug go check those out but each title <laughs> card was uh, um i was describing like a, a portion of a section of the game or an aspect of the game that i really liked and it had nothing to do with with hip-hop except for the fact that the title for each of those segments was uh, was a hip-hop song and for people that like paid attention, they would recognize. So for the Spider-Man one, uh, each title card was a was a song from an artist specifically from Queens because that's where Peter Parker's from. And then for my Red mm. Dead one, it was specifically uh, title cards named for uh, after songs made by West Coast rappers because I was you know I was going through like the Wild Wild West sort of like theme or whatever. So I I definitely would love to see more of that the culture infused in the games. But I also, what I would love to see more than that um, is that sort of stuff infused by people specifically who come from that culture. I don't want to see the, uh, you know, there are, there are a lot of games I won't call them out, but there are some games that come out that, you know, represent cultures and you look at the dev teams and you're like, Oh, wait a second. Hey, and there's no Brown person on this team. How is this game about, you know, Mexico? Um, Uh Yeah. So, you know, and, and, and I think that's also changing too, slowly and surely over time. But, I, but I, what I want to see is a hip hop game made by, you know, it, all, all, shades of, all shades of colors with people of different backgrounds, ethnicities. Um, but I want, I want it to be authentic because you can always tell when it is and when it isn't. So mm-hmm. um, whether it's a, you know, a new karaoke style rapping game that somehow, I don't know how they make that work, but if they could make another <laughs> rap star, uh, yeah. <laughs> Def Jam, whatever, I, cool. But like, I also want to make sure that like the people who are making it come from that sort of background. So I, I, I want to see, hopefully, um, you know, that represented and, and it come through because it's it's super apparent when it's not. So whatever it is, I'm I'm all for more hip hop, but I also want it to be authentic and real because like again, you can see that from a mile away when it's not. That's yeah, it's it's definitely evident. Like I'm I'm still waiting for like a hip hop yodeling game. <laughs> Or I want to see like uh, I want to see a mashup game that's like Def Jam curling. Oh my! God. I would like, play the hell out of that though. Every time yo, you, every time see- you're ludicrous, he's like Luda, and he just like <laughs> throws it on the ice. <laughs> Let me get that uh, game. Oh, that would be so good. Top ten, top oh, ten game of the year. Hell yeah! Um, we're almost out of time, uh, and I would be I'd, I'd be remiss if I did not, since it is towards the end of 2018, ask you about 
some of your favorite games that you've gotten to play this year if if i'll, I'll truncate it down so it's not one of those like long super long lists of like running down everything because i know as soon as you get into a to a top 10 Ooh, uh, yeah. conversation when it comes to games it's, it's it will definitely be a long conversation but if there was one game that you would want folks to play before oh. 2019 what would that game be that's a good question so technically this would not be my favorite game of, of 2018 if you want to yes. check that out though you can head over to kotaku.com uh where i where i recently where i recently actually today just posted my top 10 games of 2018 i'll actually pin tweet it on my twitter so if you want to check that out you can go ahead and read my top 10 picks shameless plug um damn right read that bad <laughs> yeah read that read let me, give me, let me get some clicks um <laughs> but I think if you had one game to sort of like get in before the buzzer uh, as as the new year rolls in, I would say definitely make a point to check out Gris, um, G-R-I-S. Mm. It's on Switch and PC right now. It's probably three or four hours long, but it's one of the dopest three to four hours of a game that I've ever played. Um, I, I think there's a little bit of that like sort of, you know, it, it just came out recently, so it's sort of still fresh in my mind and they got it in right at the buzzer, half court shot. Uh, you know, Steph Curry style. But like, I feel like this game uh, reminds me why I love video games so much. And mm. like, like I mentioned at the top of the show, I feel like uh, video games are magic. And, and and this game reminds me that these things, these experiences, can be so magical and also so beautifully profound. Like, I don't want to give away too much about it, but it's basically a two D platformer with some really intricate puzzle design and really cool mechanics that also tell a beautifully you know dense and and uh just poetic story that really it, it made me emotional at the end of it I actually like shed a couple thug tears I'm not gonna, i can't mm-hmm. i can't lie uh mm-hmm. i say if you if you have one more chance to get something it's also like pretty cheap i think it's like probably 20 bucks or less like probably less than that um yep. I would say definitely check that out. What about you? I'm curious. That was that was uh, Gris was my game of the year. Oh, where? I mean, it's well, we'll we'll talk about. I mean, well, that's 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 a a, a foreshadow uh, to our game of the year discussion that will happen in a couple of weeks. But if you checked out the giant bomb list that I did, it was that was my my top game. Nice. And and I'm and I'm totally with you on that. It is it is one of the things that stayed with me. Yep. In in ways that I did not expect. Even though, even though, because I'd seen that game like a couple of like a couple of times before it actually launched, and every time I saw it, it like literally turns your head. You're yeah. like, "What the hell is that? Yeah, why? Why am I not playing that? Who has that? Can I touch that? Please, let me touch." <laughs> you can pause it at any time and just like print those out and frame them as like art, like, you know, just art pieces. But when you see it in motion and the hand drawn aesthetic and and the animations and and the the larger story that it tells like oh especially with the with the environment and everything like again i'm trying not to say anything about it because i want people to go into it fresh like don't even watch a trailer just take yeah. me and cause word for it play the game and then thank us later totally and and i want to i want to give a huge shout out to one of the folks who sent us in some fan mail about the way i pronounce gris oh snap did i say it wrong too <laughs> no 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 you're fine i'm i'm the one that's been fucking it up for the past five <laughs> five times that i've said it over all the many many places that i've said it he was like yo son can you stop calling it grease and i was like yo i'm sorry my fault <laughs> yeah i thought it was, was like, for a bit and i was like no nah, it can't be gree that sounds weird like, I, like I, I know like i know it's the spanish word for for gray like i know 
but it's like blame blame the public school system yeah we're for in. my sixth grade shitty spanish don't 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 get mad at me for 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 botching that but it is it is gris as, a, as opposed to greece my excuse is that uh, i think they're from like barcelona so they don't speak uh my mother tongue they speak that barcelona spanish that i don't really know <laughs> so uh please don't don't uh tell my parents that i completely botched that or my abuelita because they're going to be so mad <laughs> you know we you know what that's a part of the conversation next time you're on we want i want to dig deep into that part of part of the conversation too because i like I, I don't want to bring you on and be like paul is my latino friend <laughs> like i don't want to do Bien that menidos. to you yeah yeah. yeah 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 yes yes right i don't want to do that but i do want to i want to talk about that stuff the next time we have you on the show because i feel like it is it is a thing that a lot of folks when they um they hit us up. They're like, yo, y'all don't have a lot of Latin cats on the show. And, and, and it is it is a thing that I want to address in 2019 by making sure that we're we're definitely checking in on that community in real ways. But I also don't want to tokenize folks when they come on too to be like, you're Latin, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. And I'm Latin stuff. <laughs> I respect so, that too, though, because, you know, you, you get sometimes you get occasionally you get requests above like, you want to be on this like diversity thing. And it's like, oh, not really. But like at the same yeah. time, like I know I'm happy to talk about that with y'all because I, I know how much, you know, how much it means to me. And I know yeah. that you guys are really like, uh genuinely passionate about that stuff and i'm also like un unabashedly like proud of my heritage my my parents are from ecuador from latin america and i it's in my little twitter bio everything like i, I try to put that out there because i want you know I, I don't want the i don't want some kid growing up nowadays to look around for stuff and not be able to find uh a latinx uh video producer over at a major blog uh, major gaming blog or a podcast mm -hmm. that doesn't have a you know, so maybe some of your listeners want to come to the, our show sometime and, and check it out and like hear me talk about how, you know, how weird it is to grow up as a first generation American where I talked about it over the weekend with my father, where I kind of feel like I don't belong. Uh, I'm not really an American, but I'm also not really Ecuadorian. I'm in this weird mm. gray area where I have to sort of make my own identity. So like, I'm always happy to talk about that kind of stuff. So if you ever want to have me back on the show, I would love to talk about it. You know what we should do? We should figure out a way. You know what we're going to do? I'm going to call it right here. We're going to do a special episode of Spawn on Me After Dark. We're not going to record it tonight. Okay. But at some point, we're going to record that show, and we'll put that out for folks on the Patreon feed. We'll do anytime. That. Anytime, man. That would be, be super, super dope. But let me, Paul, fam, you have no idea how happy I am right now. Like, <laughs> I'm glad. I'm, I'm, I'm really happy too, man. Like, like seriously, no joke. I'm, I'm smiling from ear to ear. Because again, like getting to 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 know you over the years and getting to see the hustle that you put out into the world and the fantastic, fantastic content that you've been putting out over the over the past couple of years, it it brings me nothing but joy. So one to have you on and rock with me, and also to be able to see you grow in this space and continue to do great things. And 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 I really just hope that when you make it to whatever place <laughs> that you make it, you just remember the small people, man. Just remember oh, me man. and be like, yo, Ka. <laughs> come back come up come up i, I, I hold you it, it'll be it'll be like it'll be like a way out but it'll be like the, <laughs> the, the brown version of a way out oh my god but yo by the way we also got to talk about sans jail sans, oh, yeah, jail sans jail yeah all that stuff but no but i, I mean thank you so much for having me on the show like i said before you've been such a huge supporter of us when we were just a tiny little 
pirate radio ship in the in the East River, you were like, yo, I love what you guys are doing. And to us, that meant the world to us. And we still look at you guys like big brothers. And I'm so glad you got a dope gig and, and you're continuing to also evolve in, in your career and your path. And this is just the start of many, many future endeavors together. I'm sure of it. So like this is not a one time deal, but, uh, you know, this is this is hopefully the uh, the growing um, optional slash spawn on me uh, podcast universe that will one day hopefully um, be a beacon of light to those looking for some uh, advice on where to get the best slice of pizza in different parts of the city. So, yeah, man. <laughs> Damn right. Taking over the world 2019 and beyond. Before I let you go, plug all the dopeness that you have in store for everybody out in the world. Oh, man. Okay. So, uh, like I mentioned, I got a podcast. We we broadcast every Monday morning. It's called The Optional Podcast. You can find it at theoptionalpodcast.com. You can also follow the show over at the optional nyc on twitter you can follow my uh, exploits my personal exploits that include my kotaku stuff over at kotaku.com and if you want to follow me on twitter that's probably the best place to do it you can find me at polymayo that's p-o-l-i-m as in mary a-y-o and uh i think that's it i'm also on instagram too if you want to you know i i used to do photography full-time so i occasionally do it as a hobby and it's fun and if you like that kind of stuff go for it you also get to see really fun IG stories of my cat and whatever I'm eating on the weekends. So uh, <laughs> yeah, man, just follow me and, and uh, it'll be a good time. Dope, dope, dope. Everybody in Bracago. We're, I think we're taking next week off. I am not a hundred percent sure. We've been having a little bit of um, a lot of uh, kind of moving around the schedule because of just stuff at my job and a whole bunch of things happening in the real world. Uh, so it's been a little bit uh, uh, shaky in terms of getting things out on our usual Tuesday schedule, but you usually can find us uh, on all your podcast services on Tuesdays. Uh, check us out on iTunes, NPR One, uh, uh, let's see, uh, Stitcher, and and all the other places you can go find podcasts. Um, we will also be making sure to make sure that we bring ourselves back to Twitch in 2019. We're taking a small hiatus to get things in preparation for some new dopeness that we want to kind of put out into the world. So be sure to check out for that. Uh, make sure that you check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash spawn on me. Uh, also, you guys have a Patreon as well, don't you? Uh, we actually switched over to Anchor. So if you want to... Oh. Yeah, yeah. So if actually, that's, thank you for reminding me. But um, we're also on every major podcast platform. So if you're an you know, iTunes listener or Google Play or Spotify or Anchor, um, whatever you use, we're probably on there. And so, yeah, if you go to our Anchor page, you can um, hit the little supporter button and you can just give us like as low as a dollar a month. And it, it really does like fuel the show. Like it helps us get like a new XLR cable <laughs> or like, you know, donuts <laughs> for Sunday. So it really does fuel the show. And, and yeah, I'm sure you can attest to like just the support. Sometimes it's, it's, it's nice to get like that pat on the back, like, yo, I love what you do, but uh, especially with like spawn on me things like these uh endeavors they they really do need fuel from the community and like even if you give us a dollar a month like that oh my god it goes such a long way it does it totally does it, yeah. it, you have no idea how far your dollar stretches when it comes <laughs> seriously to all this stuff but yeah you can check us out on all the on all the major podcast platforms and you can check us out at spawn on me on twitter me at kajakins stubby stan and sharif jackson respectively on their twitter handles and yeah, happy holidays to everyone out there listening in Bracago. We love you. We love everybody. Optional land. <laughs> and again, like this is the beauty of doing this stuff. 
every week for y'all is making sure that we get to bring you super dope people who are making our gaming spaces better, making our gaming communities better and sharing their dopeness with us and with you. So with that, uh, we'll peace out for now and definitely check out our social feeds because we may be putting stuff out next week. We may not be putting stuff out next week, uh, but on January, I think the third, we'll be back, I think specifically on Twitch, uh, making sure that you have some dope stuff to come. Uh, for the new year. So with that, I'll say peace and everybody else. Good night. Good night.